This podcast is brought to you by the badasses over at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Drown ideology in beer. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. All right, this is Drink of Ages Radio Show. I am your host, John Denman, DJ Muskrash, a producer. And this is you know, Thanksgiving week. Hope everybody's having a great time, enjoying all the fun stuff that happens with Thanksgiving, which is, you know, of course, eating ridiculous amounts of desserts and enjoying life and being thankful for everything that's in front of you. Like, like right now, Muskrash and I, we are hanging out at Great Heights Brewing Company with Patrick and Sean. Uh, you know, figured we get take a little road trip this week, and Great Heights Brewing Company, located right over by Petrol Station. A lot of people know where they are, and actually, a whole lot of people has been up here because a few times I stopped in, it's always had a nice little crowd going on. But they're just a few months into it uh, with their brewery, getting their beers out to to the bars and everything. So I thought it'd be fun to hang out and have some more beers with them and. Yeah, just see how things are going. So, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us out. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Uh, you know, we've been open just about three months now, and I feel like we'd finally gotten in a groove as far as operating the tap room, brewing our beer, uh, keeping a good supply of beer in here. And then about three weeks ago, we started distributing whole new can of worms, and uh, now we're as busy as ever trying to figure out how to brew. Uh, work the cellar, keep everything clean, run a tap room, go sell beer, go deliver beer, pick up empties, keep accounts happy. Yeah, we're we're kind of uh, whipped right now. <laughs> I would imagine because I mean, there's two of you. There's yeah. two of you and there's probably at least like 14 jobs to be done. <laughs> More or less, yeah. We've got, oh, I don't know, four or five people helping out in the tap room. But in the back, it's just the two of us. And Patrick did a pretty good job of describing everything we do but the the distribution it's like its own separate little business pretty much um so yeah and you know just when you start to feel a little comfortable you know you get a little challenge and a little excitement back in our lives i mean you know starting a brewery is is there's there's some excitement and some challenges in that but um yeah as you guys have gone on and added more beers to the lineup than what originally was planned or maybe it was in the plan but what you originally started off with so you got a couple new beers coming out and then and has come out and then, like I said, yeah, now you're going to start distributing beer. That is a whole nother can of, I mean, a can of worms. I mean, it's just the logistics of it and, you know, taking time away from all the rest of the jobs that have to be done here to go out there and do it. But, I mean, that's it's part of the business. Yeah. So, again, just under three months old now, we've brewed eight different beers. Uh, we have a porter in the tanks right now. It's one we haven't released yet. Uh, but you know, when we decided to, to get into this, the tap room was the thing that most excited us. We wanted to be this neighborhood tap room, uh, something, you know, like you might find in Portland or Denver or whatever. And we feel like we've got a great tap room. We've been busy. We've been welcomed to the neighborhood, but at the same time, we also opened with a 15 barrel brew house and 30 barrel fermenters. So we knew that, uh, distribution and in particular self distribution for at least, you know, the first year or two was part of the plan and uh 
but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work and we're still kind of learning as we go. It's pretty cool to see your tap at other locations though. I mean, I think that, at least right now, you know, that, that certainly makes it worth all the extra work is just the places that we like to go eat and drink uh, are a lot of the same places that we've sold beer to so far. And, you know, I, I, it's hard to describe the feeling when you actually walk in and see your own tap on the wall for the first time. Um, you know, it's, it's, that part has been really exciting for me. Yeah, we have great tap handles. It's very rewarding to see them out in the wild. But at the same time, uh, having to pay for our own beer out in the wild, <laughs> yes. that, that, that's a change from the first three months of drinking, you know, in the tap room every single day, basically. We got like a good good cop, bad cop routine going here, or, or a happy brewer, sad brewer. I'm not sure exactly what you'd call it, but uh, no, it's 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 been very fun. Obviously, we expected it to be a lot of work, and it's a lot of work, but, you know, I wouldn't say it's a lot more work than what we expected or anything like that. Um, and it's right now, at least, it's it's still very fun. I think it'll it'll keep being that way. At some point, you know, obviously, distribution will become a nightmare, and uh, at some point, we'll be, won't be able to do it ourselves anymore. But luckily, um, there's people out there that do that. Yeah, right. So exactly. just turn it over to them. Sure, sure. But, yeah, but it's good going out there right now and selling and representing our brand and introducing ourselves to, you know, bars and restaurants. Some of whom know us others you know who haven't heard of us and it's cool to you know sit down with samples and you know drink your beer with other people like out in the wild as patrick says i remember like i walked into to a business and they actually had drink of ages playing over it was a bar and it was playing and i walked in and it's like oh man i gotta go <laughs> yeah, i was like oh, i can't listen to this i can't listen to this well, we almost played the last you know we were on your show before as you alluded to and we almost played over the speakers uh you know, when it was playing live in here, but, you know, something about hearing our own voices over the speakers just, uh, yeah, it felt a little strange. So we ended up scrapping that plan pretty quickly. Uh, I'm still proud to say that I, I do believe Drink of Ages Pub was the first two kegs that ever actually was tapped at a Absolutely. bar. Yeah, that's true. And uh, just today we dropped off a kegged today uh, version of Fruity Pellets, our New England IPA. So you will be able to find that at Drink of Ages Uh by the time this podcast is available, I assume. Yes, yeah, it'll definitely be on, and hopefully it's there's some left. <laughs> the way that this goes, and the way that those beers go, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing that that, that style is, uh, I don't know, we, we can't, keep them, can't keep them on tap. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's both the IPA for people who don't like IPAs and also an IPA for people who love IPAs and think that there's more room for different IPA, you know, subcategories. There's clearly that the third group of people who just absolutely hate New England IPAs. Uh, you know, they're, they're just wrong. <laughs> I think they just say they don't like them, just to say they don't like them. They're the same ones that go, you know, like oh, I don't like street tacos. It's like, yeah, you, come on, you now. can't dislike street tacos. Yeah, yeah, or Bill Murray, or Bill maybe. Murray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Murray's overrated. They're the traditionalists who don't appreciate a good bat flip in baseball, right? Exactly. Yeah, so they're, they're lying. That's the problem. Well, you know, we brew lots of IPAs, so, you know, I've said it before, but we think there's room for, for one kind of different one in the mix-up of all the other IPAs that we brew. Uh, we're big hopheads, so we'll, we'll just keep brewing stuff like that. I, I tell you that this Denali IPA, the new one that you guys have out right now, uh, this is really, really tasty. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry, we're uh, – Folks trying to come in the uh, in the brewery, which is not open. Not we, not uh, open at the moment. Yes. yes. No, that's this is really the IPA that we wanted to brew uh, from the start. We had a little bit of a supply chain interruption with the hurricane, as you can imagine. 
opening when we did and um, weren't actually able to get the Denali hops. Uh, but we also, so the West Coast was sort of the original shot at, at a single IPA and uh, people, you know, people like that beer. Some like it better than the Denali, but for us, the Denali is really what we're shooting for. Uh, we basically took the West Coast and we dried it out even more. We cut the caramel malt down, um, you know, just took a few steps to to kind of get rid of a little bit of the, the residual sweetness that, that we, you know, that tastes fine, but that isn't what we were looking for in our IPA. And then we we added uh, Denali along with the mosaic, and of course we we name it Denali, which is consistent with our whole naming scheme of altitude and elevation and things being big and and, and high and such. So yeah, yeah, no, this is a really good beer, and a lot a lot of the breweries have come up with like really sweet IPAs lately, and I don't really see that taking over the market. When you say sweet, you mean Flavor-wise. Flavor-wise, okay. yeah, flavor-wise. Yeah, not not like a very, well, that's a sweet IPA, because right. this, one, <laughs> this one's a sweet IPA. But well, I'm talking you. about the, the sweet IPAs. And, yeah, that's that's one that's like, man, y'all, it's just kind of just, that's not the flavor profile that an IPA should be. One thing we have not played around with is the kind of milkshake IPA, the lactose and, uh, and fruit IPA. Uh, honestly, I haven't had too many of them. I'm not very experienced with them, but I know they're kind of a, a thing on the East Coast right now. It seems like, I mean, the East Coast seems like it's always been a little on the sweeter, maltier side, right? You know, that's, so I'm more of a West Coast guy. I'm a Houston guy, but I lived in California, as I mentioned the first time on the show. So my background is drinking all those dry, extremely bitter IPAs that you get out in California. And that's kind of flavored, I think, what, you know, at least what I want to brew. And I think Patrick's pretty firmly in that camp, too, when it comes to IPAs. But you know, we've reached out and experimented with the uh, New England, so maybe one day we'll we'll try the milkshake too. And I don't see that in our in our near future. Not in the near least. future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there's a few breweries around. Well, I mean, there, there's some breweries that are making some delicious New England IPAs here in Houston, and then then you have Whole Foods that are doing like the lactose stuff and, and making like cantaloupe IPAs. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. going to be just and you, and taste this. Like, that's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how it falls in the category of an IPA, I have no idea, but it's just, it's delicious to drink. But I won't hate on it after just complaining about people who hate on New England IPAs and say <laughs> that I'll never brew it, you know? No, um, I, I feel like I need to get over to Whole Foods uh, in the Galleria a, a little more frequently. I think uh, corporate kind of puts reins on uh, what, Dave and James can put out there on social media, so it's kind of hard to follow all of the releases. But uh, I've enjoyed drinking every time I've gone up there, and I, I need to try some of these crazy, uh, inventive IPAs they're working on right now. Yeah, they make great stuff. It'd be cool to do a collaboration with them I'll also at some point. Get well, James. Get well, oh, James. Yeah. Stay yeah. out good, trampolines, good man. <laughs> Aren't you a grown man out there trying to? Nah, I still get on the trampoline. I can still pull a backflip. And it's not one day I'm gonna I know I'm gonna either overshoot or undershoot it and that'll be I'll just die, <laughs> you know because trampolines just kill you. But uh, yeah, James, man, uh, you little hobbly bastard, get 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 over yourself, man. Get back there and start brewing some beer. So uh, there there are no current plans to add a trampoline at Drink of Ages, right? Well, it, uh, there's a mechanical bull idea. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm working on that with the insurance. Permitted? Uh, yeah. Permitted with the city? Yeah. Yes, just trying to get trying to work that out with the city and, um, yeah, mechanical bull in the parking lot. I think they'll let you do a mechanical bull as long as you had a parking spot. Pretty much I think that's how it works with the city. It'll allow. Yeah. Well, uh, when I say bull, because I'll show you a picture of what the original thought was. 
Uh, it's not a bull, but it's mechanical. <laughs> and, yeah, a lot of things that I want to say right now that might of, not be appropriate. You might not want to write this. But some people might, you know. I don't judge anybody. You know, this is a fun. You know, we all live in Houston. Doesn't, doesn't a, no label do a like a Gillies label beer? They do. So yes. If you ever bring an actual mechanical bull, you'll have to feature that beer. Get some no label Gillies out there. All right, let's take a quick break and let's all get another beer. We are at Great Heights Brewing Company talking to Patrick and Sean and drinking some Denali. Let's get some more. Drink of age. Be right back. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Ryan with NOLA Brewing. Blessed are the thirsty, and Back Pew Brewing has the answer. Their Saints and Sinners lineup is full of badass beers like Blue Testament, Seder Swill, Ninth Circle, and their new Pale Ale, Evil Doer. Tap Rubin is open Saturday, noon to 5 p.m., with lots of badass beers, outdoor games, and frisbee golf. Food trucks are on site, ready for you to just snack it up. Find the Back Pew Brews in stores, and all good drinking places. Cheers. Thomas with No Label here, drinking this delicious Elda M Milk Stout over at Drink of Ages Pub. You're going to find it at Drink of Ages as well as many of your retail establishments around the city. It's a tasty milk stout coming in just over 6%. Nice roasty malt flavor, uh, dark chocolate notes, and uh, vanilla's rounding it off at the end. Super tasty. Uh, find it at many of your retail establishments and on tap around the city. Cheers, guys.
All right, Drink of Ages, we are back. We are sitting over at Great Heights Brewing Company over in the Oak Forest Garden Oaks area. I mean, there's there's a name for this. What what, what about the goof? The goof. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah, I always. Yeah, that's the that's the name for this area. Garden Oaks, Oak Forest. I think Cottonwood has been instrumental in sort of popularizing that term. Yeah, yeah, Cottonwood. Uh, man, if you ever want to go eat some really good oysters, Cottonwood has some great oysters, plus a great beer selection. But Yeah, we used to have a nice little oyster joint right around the corner, Liberty Kitchen Garden Oaks, and they announced literally yesterday that they were uh, shuttering. That's unfortunate. Yeah, they, they, it was... I think it was a result of circumstance and timing because they basically like they did a bunch of construction here and it was for drainage for another neighborhood, but it runs through here and they shut this, this cross street down for, I don't know, like six months or something. It, was, it seemed oh, like a very long time, probably a year and a half. Oh, was it that? I mean, completely. you guys were trying to open up a brewery. So, you know, it was, yeah, <laughs> well, it, it worked for us. It, fortunately, we weren't dragged into that. It was done. I mean, they closed it down again a little bit afterward, but basically right when these guys opened up, they shut this road down, and it was very difficult to get there. And they don't have very good visibility to start with from Wakefield, which is kind of the, the major neighborhood road, if you will. So they make great food, and, you know, we love going there. I could totally see why it happened, though. I mean, it's just really crappy timing, basically. Yeah, that's too bad because Liberty Kitchen uh, does some tremendous stuff. They're at 11th Street, the other one. And uh, I guess that's been yeah, the they, uh, first one. Yeah, that's the original. The They've original. also got one on San Felipe near, like, that Target uh you know, just inside the loop. And then there's another one out, I think, near, out near, like, uh, City Center Memorial area at I-10 a little bit. So I think they've still got three, even after this one. Either way. I mean, it sucks, though, because if you can find a good oyster place by your house, that is fantastic. And they also have, like, some great fish tacos. This is a drink of ages brought to you by Liberty Kitchen. Yeah, Liberty Kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, just a quick plug for them. Uh, now, let's talk, well, you know, Great Heights Brewing Company, Sean Patrick, is our guest on this week's show. Muskratch and I were hanging out here in the tap room. It's really quiet in here because they're not open. And even though there has been uh, at least a dozen people coming trying to get in, I almost think you guys need to open up earlier in the week sometimes. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, we're usually not here this time on Tuesdays. It's kind of like... Mondays and Tuesdays are sort of our, our regular working hours days. Every other day of the week, including Saturdays and Sundays, we're here at all hours. But if we have 10 or 12 people trying to get in at between 5 and 6 or whatever on a Tuesday, maybe we should open. Hey, it works for me. People want to drink beer, I'm happy to be here serving it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're already here like 90 hours a exactly. week. What's 120? <laughs> yeah, Wednesdays... Uh, well, we had been we've been open on Wednesdays since the get go, and it's been it had been a little slow, uh, but we just started doing trivia nights on Wednesdays as of last week. We had a really good turnout last week. We're going to revisit it uh, this week, and then every Wednesday going forward, uh, as long as people like to come out and play. I I don't think that there's a lack of people that like to play trivia and drink beer because it's like the, one of the hottest things, I guess that places are doing these days and just out there. I mean, everywhere there's, they're doing trivia. We do it at drink of ages. We've had Futurama trivia, Archer trivia. Uh, man, what, which I, 
No, we haven't done any of Simpsons, my scratch, but we've done Bojack. We did Bojack trivia last week. Uh, it's another animated series where it's talking horse, and <laughs> you know, but it, it's it's guys good following. We did uh, Rick and Morty trivia it was one of the craziest ones that we ever had. Yeah, I mean, I I love trivia and it's great, but I think Patrick is spending more hours now writing trivia questions than he is actually working at the brewery. So you know, it's got his <laughs> pros gotta, and cons. You got to put yeah, some I, thought in these things, man. You don't want to make it too easy. I'm kind of a trivia nerd. I enjoy. I, I played. Uh, all through law school, I played trivia at Pluckers in Dallas, and then I played for several years here at Taps on Washington, which uh, poor one out for Taps. They're no longer around. Sean's been pushing for a This Is Us uh, trivia <laughs> theme <laughs> night. But good one. Let's all be depressed together. I, I mean, Golden Girls is my, my show. I'm, you know, I'm proud of that. Yeah, it would be interesting to see uh, Sean and Casey Motes square off in a Golden Girls trivia. Yeah, I, so my dog, Betty, is named after Betty White. I, I grew up watching the Golden Girls. I'm proud of it. It's good to see other brewers appreciate the Golden Girls, too. Well, you know, I mean, the show had, had definitely had its place. And Blanche, I'm not going to lie, man. She was, she, she was pretty hot. A little saucy. That yeah, one. a little yeah. saucy. So. Yeah, she, you know, bring out those shoulder pads, man. Ooh, those really did it for me. I don't know if that's a cougar at that point. What, what's, <laughs> what's beyond cougar? <laughs> there's, there's, I don't know. I had to explain to my wife today. We're walking through the Kroger on West Gray. And or by drink of ages and walking through there, and I'm like, yeah, this is you know, every Kroger is named something, and I was like, this is a Kruger Kroger. She's like, why is why is it called a Kruger Kroger? I was like, just wait, like like walk 20 feet behind me, and like all the women, man, just if if you're single and you're looking for an, an, a little bit older lady, go just walk around, just walk right through the wine section of the kroger there so on west gray which which kroger is the one on west gray i can't remember is is the one on montrose disco kroger that's a disco kroger okay yeah. which one is the one on west gray that's a cougar kroger oh that is the that official is, that's, that that's is the, the unofficial one, official yes. name yes so i mean it's, it's it's like hey how are you doing like how are you doing i'm like oh wait a minute I, I, <laughs> i'm not sure i know i don't know what the official names are for the shepherd and 11th kroger but that should be great beer selection kroger the one closest to us on 43rd I'll, yeah, I'll well, yeah, let someone yeah. else define that. I'm not Kroger. sure which Kroger that one. I'm, I, I'm sure it has a name. Well, and the other one in the Heights at what, like 20th and Yale, that's a geriatric Kroger. Ger- yeah, that, <laughs> well, that's the one that until basically I think last week didn't sell alcohol because they were uh, encapsulated in the dry area. But the, yeah. that new vote just turned that around. I, I hear they're selling beer now, but. More motorized carts than push carts. You, uh, yeah, you could say the same for 43rd, I think. <laughs> but uh, the the Kroger, uh, you know, uh, Drink of Ages is brought to you by Kroger because the one there, like you said, 11th and Shepherd, man, fantastic beer selection. Yeah, I've, I've heard that they sell more beer than any Kroger in the whole country, and I have no reason to dispute that. It makes no. sense. No, I mean, it's a neighborhood. You know what? Actually, in fact, we sold our very first keg. Yeah was to that Kroger at their little uh, bar area. Yeah, nice. Two, two Slims, right? Right off the bat, it was a... Uh, Citramendous and Fruity Pellets. Yeah, yeah we're, we're pretty excited to be in there. I've been obviously buying my beer from there for a long time. Christian, you know, the, the beer manager guy who works there is pretty cool. So we it was nice to see that as one of, the, one of the first places we're actually on. Oh, of course. Yeah, right here, you know, one of the best stores you can go to for beer. And, well, th- that one's interesting because we used to live in Timber Grove, and... 
you know, all of a sudden one day walked into Kroger and there's like an acoustic band playing. It's like, what the hell are we, what, is this Kroger? <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden it just gets a little fancier. Even though the store didn't really get much fancier, they just did yeah. fancier things in the store. That sounds like an Austin Kroger, which I'm not, did they even have a Kroger in Austin? It's Tom Thumb and H-E-B there, I think. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I've never seen no, the live no, music no, at Kroger. Jump out at me, having lived there I can't for think years. of what, uh, like, Kroger offshoots are, because, like, Tom Thumb's, like, Randall's. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know what Kroger's. See, we had Ralph's in, in Cali, and then, uh, yeah, we actually did have Randall's in my neighborhood in Austin, as old school as that is. I'm not sure that they even sold Oh, yeah, here. I think, yeah, Tom Thumb, I think, is Dallas, but it, and it is Randall's Yeah, it's in Randall's Austin. in Austin. Yeah, it's, they're, they are few and far between, and. There used to be Albertsons was in Houston and over uh, where King's Beer House is and Huey's in that area there they built an Albertsons I don't know what it is now it's like across the street from uh, the restaurant depot yeah that is a uh, foodorama nope no 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 this uh, no it's it's like a whole nother like 24-hour clinic or something now oh oh, that was like I think that was like an Eckerd before it was a clinic (laughs) Well, they, Eckerd? hell yeah, that's yeah, Eckerd's <laughs> throwback right there. But there was an Albertsons they built there, and it was one of the first places in Houston that actually had a walk-in beer cooler right in the very center of the store, and it, and it was it was fantastic. And, but you know, Albert, all the Albertsons pulled out, went out of business. I don't know what happened. Well, yeah, my history in the Garden Oaks Oak Forest neighborhood dates back to before our Forty Third Street Kroger was there. It was an apple tree. If anyone recalls, Apple Tree is a Houston area grocery store. I, I do not remember an Apple Tree. Yeah, that's that's one that I remember Safeway. Well, yeah, actually, actually, yeah, I think. Yeah, oh, was, Safeway yes, went Apple that's Tree. True. Yeah, it was Safeway and then Apple Tree, and I think uh, there was like it was like uh, Wine Gardens at one point. That might have been like a drugstore, but we're going back to like early to mid '80s now. It's be a good time to plug the new book that we're going to be selling. Uh, History of Houston grocery stores be a, be a bestseller. It's an it's going to be an ebook. It'll be available for free download. <laughs> All right, let's uh, grab some more beers. Take a quick break. We are at Gray Highs Brewing Company talking grocery stores and drink of ages. We'll be right back.
Are you looking to support a locally owned and independent craft brewery this holiday season? If you are, be sure to pick up a six pack of the always rich and cheerful St. Arnold Christmas Ale. It's available in six pack cans and bottles. Also this holiday season, St. Arnold has their Icon Blue Milk Chocolate Stout and a dry hop wit beer called White Noise. Shop small this holiday season and support a locally owned and independent brewery, St. Arnold. Draft Smiths of Texas is who we use here at Drink of Ages Pub to help keep our beer the tastiest it can be. Properly clean beer lines is a guaranteed way to make sure the beer tastes like the brewery's intended. If you need someone to service your draft system and keep it in great shape, call my buddies over at DraftSmiths of Texas at 877-505-3789 or look them up at dstexas.com. Find them at dstexas.com. Patrick and Sean drinking some fruity pellets. And I said it right. <laughs> but this, this is, man, it's delicious. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we get fruity pebbles quite often, which is uh, obviously not the name. But it's the name that we're playing off of, right? So makes sense. Uh, yeah, thanks. This is, our, this is our third batch. It's been our uh, most popular beer so far as far as sales go. Not not necessarily overwhelmingly so, but overall it's been our best seller and uh it's a fun beer to make and it's uh you know an easy drinking crowd pleaser. Well, uh, you know, it kinda goes back to the New England IPA style and uh yeah, where it's just juicy. But the, the difference with, with this one though is that it still kinda has a mouthfeel of a normal IPA. Where yeah, and that's what a lot of people complain about with that style of beer. Oh, the mouthfeel, yeah, it's harsh. And it's, not, it's not gritty or anything. I mean, no, no, you know, no. Obviously, we use a lot of, of wheat and oats to give you kind of a soft mouthfeel, but we don't want it to be, you know, thick. <laughs> it's, it needs to feel like a beer. It's just it's a little bit less carbonated, right? And, uh, you know, the protein that's in the beer kind of contributes to the mouthfeel that you're talking about, which, uh, you know, it's... Another person trying to get in here. All right, we should open up and sell beer, <laughs> right? Oh, just start pouring beers. I think I think this one is important. But no, this this beer is is delicious. And uh, the first time that you guys made it, you know, people were going, "Hey, have you tried this yet? Have you tried this yet?" I was like, "No." So I came out here, and of course, bought a T-shirt because the logo that you guys have is pretty fantastic. And the type of shirt that's printed on is the best shirts you can actually wear anytime. 
And so, yeah, so I tried it then, and it, it seems like it may have changed slightly. You know, I mean, we haven't made any, any major changes to it. Um, a little bit of change in dry hop rates, basically, but, um, you know, it's, it's basically the same beer that we brewed the first time. I think, I think it pops a little bit more now than it did then. Of course, like, we're tweaking everything in the brewing process starting from day one when I've literally never brewed a beer professionally on a commercial scale before to now where we've got several batches of, of these beers in. Um, so, yeah, you, obviously you learn little things here and there. But uh, for the most part, this is this is really the same beer, and we like the recipe. We'll stick with it. Uh, we'll probably at some point brew a kind of a juiced-up version of it, maybe call it fruitier pellets, be uh, you know, a little higher alcohol, a little bit more in-your-face hop aroma. Um, I'd really like to do that at some point, but right now we're we're just busy keeping up with production on the beers that we just that we make and distribute and sell yeah, here currently. Yeah, just I mean, for as much as you guys sell at a tap room, because uh, you know, twice now I've come uh, come up here, and this is the third time, which you know, right now is not a good example of it because you're not actually open. Uh, unless you're listening to it now on ESPN, then they are open. <laughs> come by and have a beer, but but yeah, the place stays packed. Yeah, you know, we're lucky. We get good foot traffic. There's a lot of people who live, you know, in this neighborhood and on the street due to all the townhomes that, that were recently built here. Um, this is a good beer street, you know, with petrol station. So, we, I, man, I think it has a lot to do with our location. Uh, I mean, I'm a little biased. I think we make good beer, too. And uh, the atmosphere here, I think, is pretty cool. It's a, it's a nice place to come hang out and drink beer. But, well, yeah, it's been, other than, you know, occasionally a night here and there, we – we get pretty good traffic in here. Um, yeah, you have a popcorn machine in the corner, and that's one of those things that I wanted to put into the pub, but I know if I did, yeah, I'd probably eat like 40 pounds of popcorn yeah. a week. It's kind of the bane of my existence, too. I mean, it's really – people eat a lot of popcorn, and when you're busy, you know, obviously that's the time when there's most people and the time more likely that people want more popcorn. And, of course, there's no one to make the popcorn, and – and they're shooting up popcorn kernels all the time. So it's nice. I like that we have it, but it's always just at the worst time when someone walks up and says, hey, you need another, ba- you need another batch of popcorn, and you got to run over there and, uh, and do it. But, you know, there's worse problems to have, I guess. So there there I are. I can't, can't really complain too much about that. When, when I was in high school, I worked at a place. It was the popcorn lemonade stand at yeah. Intercontinental Airport. And so, I mean, I ate just ridiculous and drank so much lemonade. I had to take a break like every 15 minutes. You know, once the seal broke on lemonade, yeah, it's just like just running back and forth to the bathroom, but uh, it, those machines, man, they you know you get you start doing stuff, and, and man, I had so many burns on me because it just either I, yeah maybe I was young and I was young and not very smart, but yeah it's hot, it's hot, but man the popcorn was so delicious, and there there were times that they would put me in terminals that there'd be a crowd, and then there won't be another flight for like an hour, and so I'd sit there and make a hacky sack out of a ball of popcorn and tie it up. And I was just sitting around bored, kicking it. And every single time I did it, before I was done, I had like five guys around me just sitting around kicking popcorn bags. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys want lemonade? <laughs> it's well, on me. It hasn't progressed to that yet, but we may have to just kind of hire you to come over here and make some, some popcorn bags for us. I'm professional, man. Yeah. I'm professional. Yeah. No, I, whenever I was building a pub, I was like, oh, I'm going to put a popcorn machine in. And then I started thinking about it. It's like, man, that's a, just a bad idea. Because first of all, yeah, me eating popcorn, like going to the movies. And this, I, I went on a date. This is before I was married, Kelly, if she's listening. 
that we went on a date and you know we just went to this girl we went to the movie theater and she like put a whole bunch of pickled jalapenos on top of our popcorn and I was like, this is the coolest chick I've ever met in my life. And so you eat a handful of popcorn and start throwing some jalapenos back, and it just works so great together, right? And so then it's like, you know, I'm going to get one at the pub. But then if you, now that I have a beard, and I've had a beard now for, you know, like five years, and whenever I leave the movie theater, Kelly is like a little monkey, like picking popcorn out of my beard because like handfuls at a time. And that's going to be me behind the bar and it's just going to run people off. Well, I'm curious how the end of that, uh, pickled jalapeno popcorn date went. I'll tell you guys off the air. And I will say this as well, because before that even happened, I was like, Hey, what are you up to? She's like, Oh, nothing, man. Come over. Let's go shoot some pool over there. at bogeys, uh, right there on Westheimer. And so we're over there shooting some pool, which is, you know, girls like, hey, let's go shoot pool. It was cool. And she goes, man, you want to come back to the apartment and order some pizza? I'm like, yeah. She goes, what kind of pizza do you like? I was like, I, I'll eat any pizza. I don't care. And she calls. She's like, yeah, I'd like a large double cheese, double jalapeno pizza. And it's like, God, man, I could marry this woman. But well, it, I didn't marry I, that woman. So I, I rejoined. Uh, I had to excuse myself from the table for a moment, but I rejoined. I hear you talking about popcorn. I don't know if you covered it in the tap room, but... The worst thing about owning a brewery so far through three months is sweeping up popcorn kernels. Because <laughs> uh, they probably eat it like I do. There, there are, and any given night, if we make like several batches of popcorn through the course of the night, hundreds of popcorn kernels end up on the floor. And it doesn't matter how thorough you think you are, you'll find uh, just as many the next morning. The only way, only way to truly get that out is with a blower. <laughs> I, I, we, we need. Uh, Popcorn kernel specific trench drains in the tap room just to, to push them all down. Yeah, and then the interesting thing that I learned about popcorn because it's like how how does that even work, right? And so you think the ones that don't pop, you know, the ones that don't pop, you're like, the, oh the man, duds, they're probably yeah. yeah, they're probably like super hard, you know, or something. They're like the something went wrong with them, but no, they're actually the ones that don't pop are the softer shell, and it allows like the the heat and the pressure to escape through the shell, and that's why they don't pop. The more you know, with John Denman. And I'm not saying that's 100% accurate. <laughs> I just, that's just what I'm remembering well, at the moment. It's a beautiful story. Yes. But if you've never had just a, like, when you go to the movies next time, get a bunch of those pickled jalapenos, put them on top of your popcorn, and you know, stack on those while you're eating it. It's a match made in heaven. That sounds like a kind of a good Disney movie. You know, the, the little kernel that didn't pop. The little kernel you know, that didn't pop. has certain assumptions, but really it's the, the soft and... Because it's soft and nice, you know? It's not the hard and rough one, man. It's a soft and nice one. Could be a Disney movie. Let's do it. Um, well, we're drinking some Fruity Pellets now. You guys have the Denali IPA. Yeah, we've got a... So we, since we talked last, we have a few new ones. Um, as far as I, IPAs, you talked about Denali, our regular IPA, and Fruity Pellets in New England. We also have Citramendous, which is our 8.8% uh, double IPA. And obviously, it's, it's all Citra. And then we have uh, our Amber, and I think we had that last time we talked, but also new is our Hefeweizen, which is just a you know, traditional Bavarian wheat, um, and we've got the Saison on right now. So I think that pretty much we've got seven, and I think that's about where we'll stay generally. You know, you might see one additional or one fewer from time to time, but until we get more fermenters, it's, it's a little, more, little bit difficult to get above that number. Uh, from the first batch that you guys brewed and to now, I mean, what what exactly has changed in procedures? 
Oh man, the first batch we brewed, we were running around like idiots, you know, putting out fires. Um, I mean, they're just things that the process generally is the same, right? But everything is kind of specific to the equipment too, and it takes you a little while to learn it, just like with a homebrew system. Um, you know, one of the first batches we brewed, it was actually fruity pellets. We didn't make it to the end of the batch, to the end of the boil, because we left a valve open and ended up with a, uh, a stuck mash. So, and that was a nightmare trying to figure out how to dump, you know, 15, 17 barrels of, of wort when it won't actually, you know, drain properly from the vessel. So, you know, we had a lot of these, these little things. That was the only real major one. Uh, but in terms of process, I mean, the gen- you know, we've always planned it out the day before. We've got kind of a little sheet that we fill out and, you know, plan everything down to the T. And we've done that exactly the same as, as since we started. I think it's just a familiarity with the system that we can relax a little bit more now. You know, we used to just stress about everything because everything's a potential disaster uh, in terms of the amount of money that you can lose if you don't do it right or the quality of the beer suffering because you don't do something right. Uh, You know, temperature's getting too high in the mash, pH, uh, that's off, you know, extracting tannins, things like that. You worry about every little thing, you know, for five, five, ten batches, and then you get the hang of it. You realize, you know, you know what you're doing, and you start to kind of relax a little bit. So really that's what has changed more than anything else. We used to be very meticulous about cleaning all the tanks, but now we realize once a month is probably just fine. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. It's funny how, how you're basically a glorified janitor whenever you, uh, <laughs> when you brew, because pretty much 80% of what we do is clean. Clean that tanks, clean, good. sanitize. Just At least 80%. Yeah, if you don't like cleaning, don't don't get into, uh, into brewing, because that's... All, that's pretty much what you do yeah well you know you have to do it to make the good beers that we're drinking right now so we're talking with sean patrick from great highs brewing company uh we'll take a break and we'll wrap the show up when we get back uh, if you're in the area and stop by great highs brewing company
Whether a startup brewery or distillery or you've been around for years, the badass folks at Cash Branding has to be your go-to source for branded merchandise and apparel. Cash Branding does it all, from imprinted glassware, coasters, koozies, tin tackers, and bottle openers to dickies and red cap work shirts, t-shirts, and caps. Their apparel decorating options are top-notch, offering embroidery and the latest trends in screen printing, using water-based and discharge inks to achieve that super soft feel. Artwork services and samples are always free. Why go out of town or use multiple supplies for your branded merchandise? Keep it local like we do. Let the badasses at Cash Branding, the official merchandise sponsor of Drink of Ages, kick your branded merchandise and apparel up a notch. Give them a call at 855-376-7638 or check them out at cashbranding.com. Ages radio show is what you're listening to right now, and we are hanging out. DJ Muskratch and I, I'm John Denman. We're hanging out with Patrick and Sean at Great Heights Brewing Company here in the Oak Forest, Garden Oaks area. Yes, what Muskratch just said that no one can hear. <clears throat> yeah, hanging out here, having some beers, having some good beers, talking, talking all kind of different, well, we did talk grocery store somewhere in there. I'm wondering, why does DJ Muskratch not have a microphone? And, you know, he actually needs to get a microphone, and, and I should have brought... Well, actually, we, I did bring the whole bag. So is Because it, is it that he's never had a mic, or did he have a mic and he took it away for some reason? Uh, no, he's never he's never really gone too bad. Was that the first legitimate contribution he's had in the history of the podcast? <laughs> no, no, there's been times... JBF. Yeah, JBF, JBF, he did have a microphone, because there was just... You know, he had a lot to say. I mean, he's... I'm not saying that he's a big fan of a lot of things that Denver offers, but he's a big fan of a lot of things that Denver offers. So it was one of those that's like, hey, let's hear from DJ Muskrat about his trip to yeah. GABF. A lot, of people, a lot of people have a lot to say after uh, you know going to the festival and having 49 beer samples. Yes, yeah, 49. Uh, or, or on a non-festival day and sampling some of the other wares that Denver has to offer. The, there is, I mean, we opened up a dispensary is opening up here in uh, Texas. Yeah, Schulenburg is opening uh, up. How's that going to work? Well, it's going to take a quick drive. You know, <laughs> so, this, so this this is a uh, prescription-based model? Prescription, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, apparently that has been, something was legalized. I don't know when I missed okay, that. Yeah. But they are opening up a, the first dispensary in Schulenburg. And if you're not familiar with Schulenburg, it is on the way to San Antonio. It's down I-10, and there is some of the best sausages that you can get, like smokehouses around Schulenburg. And so if you have the prescription that you need, then you can also get some excellent sausages for a short drive out there. So smokehouse takes on a different meaning. Smokehouse right? takes on a complete different meaning. Yes. Smokehouse, I mean, if you're going to put so something. I, I actually got a, an email 
you know, homebrewers are always asking questions, which is great. I love talking to homebrewers. But I got an odd one a month ago. Somebody asked me how he could brew beer with marijuana in it. <laughs> I said, well, you can't legally. No, no, no. But, but how would you? It's like, well, I'd, I've never done it. I really don't know what to tell you. And he was very persistent. I, you know, I don't know if he ever did it or not. But well, that, I, was the, that was the odd question I've got. I can tell you this. It doesn't work the same way as hops. Not that I've tried that. Yeah. But it doesn't work the same way as hops. Well, I, no, I know that they're related plants, and I walked them through, obviously, you know, what you would expect with hops under different circumstances of when you would add it. And um, Yeah, I, I wasn't going to give them advice on that one, though. Uh, and the ones that I have tried that actually, you know, that, that are good enough to make it worthwhile to, to actually drink it did not taste good. So stick to the brownies and cookies. <laughs> It's much much better way to prepare your medicinals. It's already complicated to make beer. So have you to... have you ever tried to smoke hops? I I tried to make a candle one time, <laughs> and I, I had would this... definitely buy a hop scented candle for sure. Yeah, it would yeah. last for like three days. And it, Whoa, maybe wouldn't a day. it be great? I mean, because when you it's open up like a fresh bag of hops, it's one of the best smelling things. It is unbelievable. Yes. It is. So it is. Good. But then, like a couple days later, it is not a very pleasant no. It smells thing. like glue and feet. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one, of, one of the greatest things I've, I've ever purchased in my life was at New Belgium uh, at their retail center in Fort Collins, like. Probably four or five years ago, they had hop-scented chapstick. I'm assuming it's widely available everywhere now. But that was the first time I'd encountered it, and it was amazing. It is really and it, and it tasty, yes. too. And, and my, you, my dog loves it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which hop was it? Do you remember? Did uh, it, it say? It didn't get that specific. Oh. No, no. But I had some as well. And, uh, no, it, it was. I mean, it's just really, you put it on, and you just can't stop. And then you just look weird because you have big, greasy lips. But... <laughs> It's, it's, but it tastes good, though. I mean, they should, they sh- if they should name the hop, because they would sell more. People would want all the different varieties, and you could put the alpha acid on there. And if it's lower one year, you'd have to put a little bit more of the chapstick on. I want, yeah, I, I would, I would like some uh, hop scented beard oil to just kind of lather myself up with. I think I would enjoy that. I think the hop oils is the best way to go if you're going, if you're trying to get those scents. Because like I tried the whole cone hops with my candle and hoping that I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna smell this Cascade hops. Yeah, I just got made this. I melted first. I went to Walmart and bought plain candles because that's the only place that was open when I had the idea. <laughs> and so I sat there and I melted it all down, put it into like a mason jar, and I added all these whole cone hops. Put my wick in, at my wick in. What's was, that? I put my wick in and <clears throat> thinking, man, this is gonna be great. I lit it and I'm waiting and it's burning really slow. So I'm like drinking a beer, just watching it. And it took a while until I got to that first hop. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. This is going to smell great. And then the hop caught on fire. <laughs> it's like, and it did not smell great. And it's like, all right, that's a bad idea. It think, was like 12 hours wasted. I think the most surprising aspect of that, story, of that story is that you can still buy a regular unscented plain candle. I didn't you know have to existed. look for them. Yes, yeah, but they are they, they were there at the time. You can buy them at Kroger. They come in a Virgin Mary glass vase but you can definitely buy yeah, them. just melt those down those are holy candles those, okay. are, those are not are not plain <laughs> those have been blessed <laughs> i mean if you're going to make a candle wouldn't you want it to be blessed yes i want to uh, get in the blessing business like you just charge a fee people come they want stuff blessed it's, i don't know five like, bucks a blessing it's like being a notary public do you have yeah, to like, take some, a class i assume well, you there's some knowledge you have to be required, licensed yeah. if you can bless water and make it holy water can you do the same thing for beer 
And you just walk in, and you just every time somebody walks in a great height, somebody puts their finger in a beer and like. I like to think that every drop of beer is a gift from God. It it is. Yep. We're gonna take a moment to reflect on that. And uh, you guys, uh, congratulations, man, on the on the success so far and getting the beers out in the market. Getting the beers out in the market to, like I said, the bars that you guys like to go to, and um, I, I, I would imagine though that it is it is pretty badass just to walk into a bar, sit down, and you see Great Heights Brewing Company on the menu as a beer. That yeah, you can it, order. it's a thrill, and and at some point when we actually have. Uh, sales reps beyond ourselves and delivery drivers beyond ourselves and we can uh kind of randomly walk into a bar on our own time and see our tap handle in a bar that we didn't realize we had sold a keg to that is that's going to be an even different experience because so far like yeah it's all bars that we've gone and done the dirty work for so that'll be cool but also just uh around the neighborhood we're starting to see more of our apparel our hats and t-shirts and that's really cool, you know, just knowing that people like the brand, they, they like the beer, they uh, like the logo and the way that things look. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a rewarding feeling. And uh, congratulations and wish you guys a ton of success. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing your beers all over the place. And I know you guys will get there, but... It's just going to take a little bit more time and a tremendous amount of work. <laughs> so. oh, we're ready for it, and we appreciate that. Be, uh, you know, be on the road slinging kegs for a while, but it, like I said before, it's, it's worth it. It's worth the work. Yeah. All right. Well, Patrick and Sean from Great Heights Brewing Company. Uh, your tap room is open Wednesday through Sunday. We're open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, 5 to 10. Friday, 3 to 10, Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., and Sunday, noon to 8 p.m. Come uh, check us out if you haven't done already. We just added a brand-new dog-friendly deck. So uh, bring your four-legged best friend and uh, come have a beer with us. Great place to be. All right, let's uh, thank you guys again. Uh, Beer's tremendous. yeah, uh, we got to wrap up because I think we're all out of beer again. It's funny how that works out. Yeah, time show's over. Show's over. Uh, we're out of beer. But uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Hope everybody had a wonderful week. And Buffalo Bay Brewing Company. I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You can find that at drinkofages.com or on iTunes. And get out there and check out Spindle Taps Anniversary Party, December second, their second year anniversary party. So. Go out there and enjoy some great beers with them. I'll be out there hanging out. And everybody be safe. Drink some good beer. Thank you, DJ Muskratch. And from myself as well, uh, man, you guys have a great weekend.